What's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of progress not perfection it's been a while since i've had a guest on and today i've got my friend brooke madigan her instagram is get you a brooke what's up homie what is going on jeff i'm super excited to be here it's been a while yeah it has we just talked a little bit and i feel like instagram just hasn't been showing people's profiles to people that i've been that I've been chatting with in a long time. And so other coaches I used to have good relationships with and stuff, it's just, I don't see them as much. So, and I'm also, to be honest, I'm also spending way less time scrolling on Instagram and way less time consuming content. So it's like, then you start to fall out of touch with people and it's really easy to do when you're not like scrolling and seeing their stuff pop up. So, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I've been dealing with that same thing with Instagram, but I really love that you mentioned like, you're, it almost sounds like you're like when you are on social media, you're doing it with an intent, which I think is really mm -hmm. important rather than doom scrolling. Cause I know that, you know, people can fall into that where they're doom scrolling and you know, they're not really looking for something with intention. So I like that you're doing that. To be honest, if something's not like absolutely hilarious to me, I'm probably scrolling past it. Like I'm, I don't want to see fitness content anymore. Like I don't like there's not there's not a lot of fitness content that I watch that I'm like, this is really entertaining or interesting or educational. It's a lot of like, I just see a lot of comedy and golden retriever stuff. And that's mainly what I consume. So I feel like it, it's good for my mental health, if anything. So. I love that. How can you be mad if you're like scrolling and then you come across like a cute little golden retriever puppy? You just can't. You can't. Yes. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Love goldens. So Brooke, I kind of want to chat a little bit about like your background, where you come from, how you got into um, lifting, how you got into fitness. And for people who don't remember our last episode, because it's been a while, it's been over a year, I think. And um, so for those of you guys who don't follow Brooke, make sure you follow her. But yeah, like give the people a little bit of background, how you got into all this stuff and like what, what motivated you to become a coach? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Brooke Madigan. I live in the Seattle area. I live about 45 minutes north of Seattle and born and raised here. So I've been here my whole life. Um, but what got me into fitness was actually becoming a mom. So before I had my son, I had a diet of potatoes, which was like vodka and French fries. I smoked like a pack <laughs> of cigarettes a day. And then while I was in college, I found out I had a pleasant little surprise coming. So I decided to give all of it up. I quit smoking cold turkey, quit eating, you know, fast food, and really started to focus on my nutrition while I was pregnant. And after my son was born, unfortunately, I really struggled with postpartum depression. So a lot of those negative habits aside from smoking had come back. So smoking was really the only thing that I kept, you know, kept away. And it got to the point where I was so winded from getting to the, like the couch to the floor to play with my infant son that I realized I really needed to make a change. And so I went, ended up going back to work, met a friend at the gym. So my coworker was, took me to the gym and became my little gym buddy. And we started working out. He was teaching me things like, you know, eating more fruits and vegetables. And I just did a lot of swapping. So instead of, you know, choosing a 
calorie dense, less nutritious snack, I would start choosing things like apples and string cheese and really just focused on tweaking my nutrition to where I was having better energy levels throughout the day also, which resulted in me losing about 15 pounds. And when other people at the gym saw that, like the other regulars, they were asking what I was doing. I had a session with one of the personal trainers there. It went absolutely terrible. (laughs) It was was probably the worst, uh, worst uh, consultation I'd ever had. And that was me being the client, um, explaining kind of what my goals were. And this guy really just put me through the ringer. Like for the first session, like I could barely walk the next day. He had me (laughs) doing so many squats. And I decided like, man, I don't want anybody else to have that experience. Like I see this person in the gym doing this to people. You know, what if I were to get my certification so I know what I'm doing? So I ended up going to the National Personal Training Institute of Seattle and getting my diploma in personal training and basic nutrition. And then I became certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And I started working at a personal training studio. So really the why behind me beginning to become a coach is for my son. I lost my dad when I was 18. My dad was only 42 years old Mm. and I did not want my son to ever experience what it was like to live with such an unhealthy parent. So that's kind Mm. of my why. And that's how I got started. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What got you into coaching was actually, um, somebody being like super negligent of your goals and and what you're trying to accomplish. And I, I saw that a lot when I was coaching more in person, it was like, these trainers who were like, yeah, I just, I just fucking kill my clients. I just kill them. I put them through the hell. And it's like, and I, I saw the way that people were training um, their clients and some of them loved it. Like, to be fair, some of them loved it. They loved the challenge. They love somebody just killing them with a workout. But it's like when somebody's new to training, they're new to lifting, they're new to the gym. The worst thing you can do is, have them so sore so beaten down and so tired and exhausted they're about to puke they are not going to come back and have a positive um a positive outlook when it comes to the gym and so that's like one of the last things you can you should do as a trainer and as a good coach is like put people through that kind of hellish workout you should teach them that like easy training is good training that they they should actually leave the gym feeling like they could do more like that's kind of where you want to be in the beginning is like, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I've always learned that like, if you leave the gym feeling like you could have done more, like that's usually where you want to be is like, yeah, I, I pushed hard, but like I could do a little bit more, but I'm going to call it because I know I've got another session coming up in a couple days or tomorrow. And so I want to feel good for that session too. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, and I still train a couple people in person as well. And the one thing that I've noticed is when you do leave them, like when, when a client does leave their session feeling number one, successful, number two, better than they felt when they walked in. And number three, when they leave thinking I could have done a little bit more, it kind of instills that motivation to look forward to their next workout. Like, Oh, next workout, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to increase my weight a little bit, or I'm going to try to increase my reps a little bit. So I completely agree with you on that front. And it was so challenging because the next day after that really negative experience, I remember being like, I, I'm not going back. 
And if this guy can't help me, I'm going to help myself. And that's, I immediately went on to, you know, the NASM website, the National Academy of Sports Medicine website, and immediately started looking into my certs because I didn't want other people to feel the same. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's, that's so smart of you to be like, I'm going to learn how to do this for myself. Like, I, I think that's number one, you're going to save yourself a bunch of money because like hiring an in-person trainer is awesome in the beginning, but then it's like, it starts to just become your workout buddy once you kind of learn what you're doing. So then you start to be like, okay, like I'm paying, you know, I'm sure in the Seattle area, a in-person session is not cheap. You know, that's a pretty, there's lots of people with money in Seattle. And so, you know, 80 to a hundred bucks a session, maybe even more. So then you start to pay that three, four times a week, it adds up pretty significantly. So there's only a certain number of people who can really afford to do that um, consistently. No, that's absolutely true. And um, a lot of my clients now are online. So I only have like three to four in-person clients that I train now. And I really like training them just because it's nice to keep up on my skill set of being an in-person coach. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, that's the only reason that I like training with friends. I like training, you know, I'll have like one or two people ask for those one off sessions. And I do have a little gym, I can go and train people and he doesn't charge me much. It's like, you know, tw it's like 20 or 30 bucks for me to go train a client there. So I'll go train somebody there. And um, yeah, I love the feeling of training people in person. I still love it. Um, and obviously, just keeping those skill sets sharp, it's it's nice to be able to train somebody and just be like, yeah, dude, like, look at look at your progress over the course of just one session. You can, you know, if somebody's like squatting and there's something weird they're doing with their squatting, sometimes just like moving their feet out a little bit or teaching them how to sit back into the squat or, you know, maybe backing off the weight a little bit to help them get comfortable sitting deep into that squat. It can really, you can see a big change in somebody's performance in just one session, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in-person training is going well. It's been great. Recently, um, over the past year, I actually got asked to be a coach on um, Beth Barocco's coaching team. So I'm part of Team <laughs> BFF, which is great. I have some amazing online clients now. And uh, yeah, that's what's new since last episode, too. That's th There's some new stuff in my life Yeah, <laughs> since yeah. our last episode. Well, we love Beth on this podcast. She's been on this podcast many times and uh, I actually got a chance to meet up with her. So I met up with Beth um, in Phoenix. We had, there was a conference down there. There's a fitness conference and like a bunch of us all met up and we were all in a mentorship um, for a couple of years together now with uh, Jordan Syatt and Mike Vacanti. And so it's cool kind of meeting all you guys and having known you guys for, you know, years now, but actually being able to meet up with some, some of them. And I met up with Beth and I was like, dude, Beth is so, ch she's so chill in person. You know, it's like, I was like, dude, Beth is just like the homie. Like I just was chilling with her. We were cracking jokes. It's just like, just like, you know, <laughs> our, our relationship online. So it's cool to meet people that aren't like super different you know, from how they are online and then you meet them in person and they're like weirdos or, you know, they're like super standoffish or fake or something like that. And she's not like that at all. She's, she's actually a really no. kind person. Yeah, she is actually. Um, I got in yesterday at like 2 AM from going to Maine 
for her uh, team BFF coaching retreat and hike. And so we spent with me and our other coaches on the team and Beth, we spent just an incredible four days together, just having a blast, like really team bonding, um, hiking, talking about like client successes. Like it was really fucking cool. Like I, so I literally saw Beth like two days ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I actually just got back from a trip to Vegas with some coaches from the mentorship. Um, and we had a great time and we just talked about business. Same thing. Like we just talked about client success. We talked about business stuff. We talked about content creation, like, and then just got to bond with other coaches. Like it's, it's so when you work mainly online and then you get to meet people who do the exact same thing that you do, it's so nice to be able to just like connect and be like, you get it. You understand what I'm, what like my life is like, cause you do the same thing. Yeah, because when you tell people like you're an online fitness and nutrition coach, they're like, what? Like they get, it's hard that? to have that, you know, that it's not as super relatable. So when you do talk to uh, like coaches that do the same thing, it's really, really cool. Even like in-person coaches, when you tell them like, oh, yeah, I do the online. It's like, oh, how do you do that? Like, how do you manage yeah. that? And it's it's really cool to have the best of both worlds, you know, right now with my um, in-person and my online. So it's been it's been really cool. Yeah. Good for you. I'm super stoked. So what else is new? Like what, um, what does your training look like now? And like, what, what kind of changes have you made in, in your own fitness routine since you've kind of gotten away from training in person more and more online now and, you know, doing the single mom thing? Like, what does it look like now for you? Yeah. So back in February, uh, my, ex-fiance and I we decided to split up go our separate ways we're still great friends he's a great dude um but that has definitely changed like my fitness and even my nutrition like making sure that I have my shit locked down in a routine and a schedule is super important not having that other person anymore to help so um my consistent training has been uh pole dancing so I'm a pole dance instructor as well as a personal trainer and so I teach group pole dancing classes and um, I have my own goals that I'm working towards as a student, as well as an instructor. And so really a lot of my training is based on making sure that I can be solid and, you know, flipping upside down and holding my body weight upside down. So um, like calisthenics and a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff for people who don't know what like pole dancing class is like obviously you're not hitting like a strip club and like doing a dance on there, but like what, like what exactly does that entail? Yeah. So it entails like at art, every studio is a little bit different. So at the studio that I'm at, um, it starts with like a 35 minute warm up. Like when you're, when you're going to go and learn how to throw your body around a metal object, you want to make sure that your joints are all warmed up for that. So we do like a, a nice sensual warm up, lots of stretching, very similar to like yoga or Pilates. And then we teach, we go into teaching spins. So different types of spins um, that require a lot of thoracic and shoulder mobility. So we do like a nice warm up, um, including legs too. We do glute bridges in order to get our, to get the biscuits burning a little bit before we, <laughs> <laughs> before we uh, start moving. And uh, yeah, pole dancing is a sport that requires your entire body and it is a sport there is a pole sport organization where they have like pool routines and stuff i think uh one girl was on america's got talent her name was like christy sellers for pole dancing and so pole is not only calisthenics but it's also a full body strength sport and dynamic strength too so um 
I know for me, a lot of the spins that I like doing is throwing myself around the pole with one arm. So it's very much um, making sure that your mobility is good, your flexibility is on point, and learning how to be mobile and flexible and strong all at the same time. Sounds like you got to be pretty athletic to, to, to get into it. Do you have people who are like pretty beginners and, and watch them progress pretty quickly? Or like, what does it look like for somebody who maybe is a little bit overweight and they're self-conscious about like jumping into something like that? Yeah, we actually, for a lot of people, we're actually the first workout that people do. Like a lot of women, it's like, we're the first thing that they gravitate towards because a lot of people have that gym anxiety. And they want to go to something that is going to be a little bit more welcoming, a little bit more of like that safer space for them to be able to open up and, you know, really see what their bodies are capable of doing. So um, we we get people of all shapes and sizes that come into pole class. Like I can teach. Oh, it's so awesome. And it's so inclusive, which is what I love about it, because I do have uh, students that come in where they've never exercised before and watching them progress from like week one to week six, because we do six week series. So you te- you buy six classes at a time. And it is so incredible to see from day one to like, you know, the very end of their six week series, how much they improve. And we have three beginner series. So usually I'm stuck with a group for like 18 weeks. So being able to see, you know, from day one to like the last day of their 18 week series, to see the amount of progress that they make is incredible because with pole, a lot of it has to do with momentum, not just sheer strength. So it's learning how to create momentum when you're going into spins and things like that. So really anybody can start. I can teach a spin from the floor up into the air. So it's just like how we modify people, like, you know, um, a hands elevated push up and working your way down to like a real push up. We do the same thing in pole. What? That's so cool. That's, you know, it's funny because like another thing I've been getting into is pickleball in the last couple years. And, um, and the same thing, like I've been doing a little bit of teaching. And um, what I'm finding is a lot of these people have no real sports or athletic background. And they're picking pickleball because it's a social thing. It's very like friendly, safe environment, and doesn't require a ton of athleticism for you to start hitting a ball around and running around a court. It's just, it doesn't require that much athleticism. And then as you start to get into the technique and the skills and the mechanics of how to do it properly, it starts to become a lot more athletic and you start to, so same thing, like watching somebody from the very beginning where they don't have the footwork, they don't know where to stand on the court, the mechanics of like how to move their arm through a shot, you know, how to sit deep into a lunge or a squat because you're moving on a, you're moving laterally a lot. So it's learning those movement patterns and learning how to be more efficient on the court. And you watch somebody like six weeks, 12 weeks later, and they're just a completely different player. So it's funny because like you've gotten into pole and like I've, or spin and what's it called? Is it technically pole or spin? Yeah, because I teach a lot of spins, but I also spin is the movement. Okay, got you. Yeah, and I do a lot of inversions. So that's where you're climbing up the pole going upside down. So they're they're a little bit different, but um, that requires a lot more strength. The classes that I'm currently teaching are all based around uh, basic spins. Okay, so, but what's cool is 
in fitness, it's like in the beginning, I'm sure what both of us like were motivated and like we were like fired up about a specific thing. And then it's funny how it, it like evolves and progresses into something else. Because almost all of my strength training and my training revolves around what's going to make me a better pickleball player. And like I'm sure a lot of what you're doing is how am I going to be a better instructor, better teacher, and how am I going to be better at the skill that I'm learning and teaching as well? Absolutely. And that's something that I really realized is, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but as I'm getting better in the skill set that I'm trying to build, it makes me a better coach because I'm doing exercise that I truly enjoy and I can spread that. Like it's, it's something that fills up my cup. And so when my cup is fully filled, I have the ability to extend that energy to my, my one-on-one coaching clients too. Have you found like a new excitement for this? Like, has it like reinvigorated your excitement for fitness again? Oh, 100%. And that's exactly why I started it, you know, almost two years ago now is it really, I was on the verge of actually, and I actually don't even think I told you this, which is interesting. Um, I was actually getting prepared to shut down my one-on-one coaching business um, because Mm -hmm. it just wasn't, you know, I just was feeling so burnt out from constantly looking at technique videos, constantly being in the gym. And then my own workouts were becoming to feel like a chore. And I was just to that point where I'm like, you know what? I don't know how much of this I can do, especially after 2020. Um, After COVID, it just made things real difficult. And it was really wild how the universe works sometimes because I was literally about ready to cancel my business license. And it was November 7th. 2021. And I remember this clear as day, I went to go cancel my business license. And I got an email from the pole dancing studio that I'm at, that they were now in their new, new location. And they were accepting new beginners. And I was like, okay, this is a weird sign. So I signed up that day, went to class and completely fell in love with it, like the first class. And that totally re-energized me to start training to get stronger in this specific thing. So I think that that was really cool how, you know, I was really just burnt out, feeling done really at that point of like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And then finding this was kind of like a game changer. So finding an exercise that you truly enjoy is super important on your fitness journey because your goals Mm -hmm. can change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's something to be said about like in the beginning, there may be nothing about exercise that you enjoy. And then as you start to get into different, try different sports and try different, you know, styles of lifting and try different classes and try different things. I think eventually you will find something that sticks that at least maybe you don't hate. And then maybe you'll find something eventually that you love and you're like, you know what? This is what I can stick with. And there are plenty of sports and classes and new things popping up all the time that people can try. Like I know for me, for a while, it was like swimming was my thing. I was like, I'm going to go to the pool and swim indoors for like an hour. And I just get into like this meditative state, right? And then eventually it was like I got into the gym and started lifting because I heard that that was going to help my swimming if I got stronger in the gym. And so I started lifting because of that, because I wanted to get better at swimming. And now it's like I see people getting into lifting from pickleball. They're like, okay, I'm going to hire this coach because I don't want my knee to hurt 
from me playing pickleball for two hours. Or, you know, I want to be able to not have my back be sore from me reaching for the ball, but instead me getting my footwork to the ball to place a better shot. So it's pretty cool how strength training doesn't have to be your number one thing, but it can support other things that you want to do that you really love. So maybe it's hiking, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's whatever, but you can use strength training and going to the gym or training from home to support those goals. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. Like I really couldn't agree more because it's something where, I mean, if I'm a coach and I was getting burnt out, I can't even imagine being someone who is not a coach getting burnt out and being like, why, why should I fucking do this? You know? So I think that just the fact that, you know, strength training being the secondary and then having something you love be the primary is it's golden. Yeah. It's like the feeder you're feeding into your main goals. And then it also just keeps like the motivation going and stuff. Once you see how strength training and how training outside of the sport will actually help you in the sport that you're trying to get better in. So I love that it's actually like a sport because a lot of people are like, oh, pickleball is a sport. I'm like, you should watch pro pickleball because those yeah. guys are out there working. They are working. And those those guys are very athletic. Like people are like, are pickleball players even real athletes? It's like a lot of these guys were D1 or semi-professional tennis players moving into the sport. So yeah, very athletic, very skilled professionals moving into a sport that's just up and coming and it has a silly name so people don't really take it seriously <laughs> but it's like watch what happens over the next 10 years pickleball is taking over in many different ways and it actually started up where you live yeah that's actually really interesting because there's this new place called volley uh and it's really close to my to my apartment and uh it's all pickleball so jeff you might have inspired me to try something new <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go try it. I think especially if you ever played like ping pong or tennis or any racquetball and you ever had fun doing it, you're going to have a ton of fun playing pickleball. You're going to you're going to oh, love it. That'll be great. That'll yeah. be great. Maybe I'll try it pole sometime. There's a there's a pole place near me. I'm like, I'm like wait, it's kind of I'm sure there aren't a lot of men that do it, but um but it'd be it'd be funny. At least it'd make some good content if I went in there and tried it or something well if you're ever in the seattle area because it's it's funny for our listeners jeff you're in what portland yeah i'm in i'm in bend so i'm a couple hours from portland okay we actually live like a state away so mm -hmm. you know if you're ever in the seattle area let me know and i'll teach you i'll teach you some, some things i'll going. teach you a couple spins <laughs> let's go <laughs> i'll try it i ain't scared i'll try it so so you I mentioned <laughs> you mentioned earlier about how like um the gym can be an intimidating place for people and it can give people like anxiety. And I've been seeing more and more of that. Like ever since COVID, ever since 2020, I've been seeing more people struggle with gym anxiety, more people be scared to step foot in a gym. And where do you think that comes from? Like, like I've been seeing it a whole lot more. I don't know if you've been seeing it more, but where do you think that comes yeah. from? You know, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I really feel like it's coming from the internet. Yeah. Like social media. I really feel like, um, social media makes the gym out to be either a really scary place for people or, you know, I see content where people are filming other people at the gym mm -hmm. and, you know, I think it's really getting to that point now where social media has really kind of turned into um, 
sometimes not the nicest place. So I think a lot of people get nervous about going into the gym and, you know, maybe not knowing what they're doing and they feel like they're going to look, you know, silly doing something and then they're going to be recorded and posted online. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, and I'm saying that because I actually had a girl come into my pole class with that being her main thing. And she's like, I went to a gym and someone was recording me and you know, the gym staff didn't do much, which not all gyms are like that. Usually gym staff are like, they're on that shit. Um, but I know that, you know, with some people that I've talked to that have come into the pole studio because they've been anxious to go to a gym, a lot of it's because they see shit online about people posting or they feel like, and this is, I've always, you know, kind of understood this, but not understood how they want to be fit before they get to the gym. They don't feel like they're fit enough to get to the gym, which sounds silly, but I can totally see how someone would no, feel that. No, it, it makes sense. It, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It doesn't logically make sense, but it makes sense. Like when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? When I was overweight, I probably was self-conscious about going to the gym because there's all these fit people there. So you think that, yeah. okay, so – like if I go to the gym, I'm going to be the least fit person there and I'm just taking up space. And I hear that phrase a lot too, is I don't want to be in people's way. I don't want to be taking up space. So what would you say to somebody that, that feels that way? Yeah, actually, actually, it's so funny because one of the things that I say in pole classes all the time to teach people how to use their momentum is take up space. Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to take up space. You know, if you need to outstretch your leg to get momentum going, like stretch your leg as far as it'll go. Um, and I think it's hard because when you're new to the gym, you feel like you kind of have to like stay out of the way of like the freeway area because you never know um, who's – sorry, Jeff, I'm going to mute this really quick. All good. Brooke's chatting with her son right now. <laughs> He's stealing her headphones. <laughs> oh, love it. This is why I love not editing my podcast is because like I I don't I don't care. Like people like if I have a guest oh, on okay, and cool. she's Yeah, like if she's like, you know, dealing with her son, whatever, like I don't care. I'll just keep it rolling. Oh, yeah. No, that's single mom life. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Gosh, where were we? Oh, uh, we we're talking about taking up space. You're talking about your clients taking up space oh, in the yeah. class. Like, yeah. So I teach people how to take up space. And, you know, in the gym, you're paying the same amount of money for the membership that, you know, the fit people are. So mm -hmm. you have a right to be there. Like you will always have a right to be there. And, you know, bodybuilders money isn't greener than anyone else's so <laughs> totally. go ahead and you know feel free to take up space because the more that people see you in the gym the more that they're going to consider you a regular and they're going to end up you know stepping aside and coming in and helping anyway 100 percent. i think that's why getting at least a couple of in-person sessions is really helpful too because the trainer that you hire or, you know, a lot of gyms will offer like a free session and you'll at least get comfortable using the machines and knowing where stuff's at and get a little bit more comfortable. And, and so I think that's, I think that's a good point as well is like learning to learning that having a few in-person sessions might help you be more comfortable in the gym, but 
also just having a coach and having a program to follow because a lot of the same people they just don't know what to do in the gym so then they wander around to machines and they're just not sure of like what to do and how to do it so having a coach can definitely help um but yeah brooke i just want to say thanks for coming on and i you know i know you got to deal with your little one and you know um but i think that this was awesome and i'd love to chat more soon yeah, as soon as this little guy is back in school, it's going to be so much easier, you know, be, working from home, being a work from home mom, it definitely throws you for a loop. And like for the listeners, my little guy also has special needs. So if you hear him, you know, whining in the background because he can't have an ice cream cone <laughs> or an ice cream sandwich because I said, you need to eat a sandwich before you can have ice cream. He wants an ice cream sandwich, which, you know, I don't blame him. He's like, <laughs> I heard sa- all I heard was sandwich. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's turkey or ice cream. He wants a damn sandwich. (laughs) Cool. All right, Brooke, tell people where they can find you. So, well, that's not where you can find me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Instagram at getyouabrooke. My poll account is brookiespins. And you can also find me um, on the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. Yes, that's a great podcast. Another great podcast to go check out. Cool. All right, Brooke. Great seeing you, and we'll chat more soon. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good, Jeff. Okay, bye.